He'll explain in a moment. But according to Pastor Trent Griffith, well, you're dirt. Do you understand that the human heart, like a field, is lifeless and barren until the seed, this good news of Jesus Christ, penetrates the surface, you allow the seed to go deeper where it germinates and springs up producing the harvest. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. If you live here in Michiana, then you know what I'm about to say is very true. If I were a betting man, I would wager that you could hop in a car anywhere in northern Indiana or southwest Michigan, start driving, and within five or six minutes, you'll see one of these. Of course, you know what I'm talking about, right? A cornfield. Am I right? They're everywhere in this part of the country. I can look down the road where I live and see a big cornfield. Of course, it's covered with snow right now, and sometimes they plant soybeans instead of corn, but mostly it's a cornfield. Well, Pastor Trent has been taking us through a series in God's Word, talking about the importance of going deeper with God. Today, he explains that real Christians are planted real deep. Here's Pastor Trent. Let me invite you to open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Have you ever wondered where Harvest Bible Chapel got its name? The passage that you're about to read is one of the reasons why we like to use the term harvest, because that's what Jesus is seeking this morning. He's seeking a harvest. But long before the harvest, there's going to have to be a seed that's planted, can you guess my next word? Deeper. And so let's begin reading here in Mark chapter 4. Jesus is going to tell us a parable. Let's begin reading in verse 2. And he, Jesus, was teaching them many things in parables. You know what a parable is? It's a story. It's an analogy. It's an illustration. The word parable means to lay alongside of. And so you're laying one thing alongside of another thing so that you can make comparisons between the two things. In his teaching, he said to them, verse 3, listen. Now, if you're a good mom, you use that word regularly in your home, right? There's some important truth that the kids need to understand. Listen, there's important truth coming. He says, behold, a sower went out to sow. And thus the parable begins. He's laying alongside this spiritual reality, an agricultural story, a a parallel. Now, in this story, we're going to have to discover the answer to three questions. The first question is this, who is the sower? Secondly, what is the seed? Thirdly, what is the soil? And so he goes on to tell the story beginning in verse 4. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. You see, going deeper has always been an issue. 
It had no depth of soil. It needed to go deeper. Verse 6, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7, other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew, and it choked it, and it yielded no grain. Verse 8, and other seed fell into good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear... Let him hear. The whole story starts with the word listen, and the story ends with the word hear. Do you think Jesus is trying to communicate something? Now, you may have physical ears, but the question is, do you have spiritual ears to hear the truth of what Jesus is trying to convey? Now, does everybody understand all the analogies, all the parallels in the story? Apparently, the disciples didn't understand it either, and so he goes on to describe the story, and we're going to find the answers to these three questions. First of all, what is the sower, or more appropriately, who is the sower? And the Bible tells us in verse 14, the sower sows the word, and so he begins to explain. The sower simply is Jesus. Jesus is is sowing seed because he wants a harvest. And he is still sowing seed. What is happening right now in this service is Jesus Christ throwing out, scattering seed. Jesus is the sower. Do you know who else is the sower? Those of us who have come into relationship with Jesus Christ, and we're followers of Jesus Christ, and the only reason he has left us on this planet is to cooperate with him in scattering the seed. God makes his appeal through us to a world who has yet to hear. And this morning, if you've not yet come into relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus Christ, God wants to produce a harvest in you. Jesus is trying to get the seed deep inside your heart. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you've got that box checked and you love Jesus, you've surrendered to Jesus, you're a Christ follower. God is still sowing seed. He's still scattering seed. Every time the word is spoken, God's truth is to be planted deep within my heart and there is to be a response that produces life. Jesus is the sower. Here's the Next question that we've got to ask, what is this seed? He tells us that in verse 14. The sower sows the word. Now that word, word, is a summary word for a lot of words. It's the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. When we share the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, when we share the truth that God is holy and man is sinful and Christ is a Savior and we must repent and believe, that is the capsulization of the words of the gospel that the world desperately needs to hear. Back in the day, when a sower was scattering seed, they used a word for that process. Do you know what it was? Broadcasting. Long before there was radio and television, when Farmer Brown went out to the field to scatter the seed, he was broadcasting. And you, as a sower, are to be broadcasting the good news of Jesus Christ. And the word... 
that we are to share has power. It has life. As a matter of fact, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, the scripture says, you have been born again. How many of you are in that category? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. You're born again. Did that happen? Do you know how that happened? It happened, according to this verse, not because of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. You see, God compares his word to seed. It is a power-packed, life-giving source that is to be planted deep within us. And for those of us that broadcast that seed, scatter that seed, what we need to understand is we never know the condition of the soil upon which the seed lands. Our confidence is not in our ability to throw the seed. Our confidence is not in the soil. Our confidence is in the seed, in the Word of God. I recently was meeting with a pastor, and we were talking about what was going on in our churches like pastors would do, and he was a little frustrated because his church wasn't growing, and and we kind of talked about some things. And we ask him, well, what, what, what's happening in your church? He's like, well, we've made a lot of changes. We've went to church growth conferences and we've read church growth books and, and we've done everything that the church growth experts tell us to do to grow our church. And we ask, what is that? He said, you know, we went from hymns to choruses and we got a pray, contemporary praise band now and we went from Sunday school to small groups. And he was shocked that that didn't produce life in his church. That's not the life-giving power in a church. It's not the life-giving power in your life. These are non-essentials up here. Now, there are some things that can happen when we do some things right in church. We try to get things right in church, but our confidence is only in the power of the seed. We're not interested in improving our throwing techniques. We're not checking our completion percentage. We're not trying to figure out whether we need to scatter it overhand or underhand or through the leg or around the back. You can change all the throwing techniques you want. It is the confidence that we have in the seed that produces the result. Other people would say, well, maybe you need to improve the seed. I mean, churches are on decline and Christianity is becoming fewer and fewer in response. And so maybe we need to get a genetically altered seed. Maybe we need to change the word. Maybe we need to change the message and make it a little more encouraging. And don't be so negative all the time. And don't talk about sin. Just talk about grace. That's genetically altered seed. And it only produces a genetically altered harvest. And as a result of people tampering with the seed, do you know what's happening in churches? Churches are filled with millions and millions of people who have a false assurance in a false conversion because they have believed a false gospel. May it never be. We can't tamper with the seed, and we can't get cute and clever about how we throw it. The Word is what has power to change a life, and our responsibility is to get it right and to get it out of the seed bag, those of us that are committed to sharing this good news of Jesus Christ. And so we know what the, who the sower is. Who's the sower? 
And on a secondary level, who is that? That's us. And what is the seed? The word, according to verse 14, that leaves us with one more question. What is the soil? And simply put, as we read this parable, we understand that the soil is simply the human heart. Your heart this morning is dirt. Aren't you glad you came to church for an encouraging word from the pastor, right? I'm nothing but a big bag of dirt, right? Well, in a sense, my heart is soil. The question is, what kind of soil is it? Do you understand that the human heart, like a field, is lifeless and barren until the seed penetrates the surface and brings a harvest? And so the soil and the seed were made for one another. This good news of Jesus Christ was prepared penetrate the soil of your heart and your heart will never be what God intended full of life and fruit until you allow the seed to go deeper where it germinates and springs up producing the harvest and so as we read this story and we're going to let Jesus explain it for us we're going to understand there are four different kinds of soil That means that right now in this auditorium, there are people with four different kinds or conditions of heart. You need to diagnose your heart this morning. You need to find out where am I, what kind of heart do I have in relation to the seed? How deep does the seed go, the seed of God's word go in your heart? And you can tell that based on how your heart responds when the seed is scattered. We're going to see four different responses, and there are four corresponding prayers that we can pray in relation to those four responses. Here's the first one, a surface response. And if you have a surface response to the Word of God, you need to pray this prayer, Lord, soften my heart. We saw in verse 4 that... As this sower sowed, some of the seed fell along the path. And Jesus says the birds came and devoured it. And he's using a parallel. He's laying aside this story. The birds are parallel with something else. So we need to ask the question, what are the birds? Anybody think you know? Say, no, I do not know. That's why I need you to tell me from God's word, what are the birds? Just let your eyes fall down to verse 15. It says, these are the ones along the path. Where the word is sown, when they hear it, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. And so Jesus uses birds in this story to teach us something about the activity of our arch enemy, Satan. Do you understand that Satan hates the word of God? And right now, As I am scattering this seed, the one job of Satan is to try to prevent that seed from taking root in your heart. Now, as the seed is scattered, this verse tells us some of that seed falls along the path. What is a path? Now, in in those days, obviously, it was a place where people walked. 
And many times it was the path that bordered the field where the sowing took place. And so this path would have been something that was trampled upon. It would have been something that was hard packed. It was a hard surface. And of course, the analogy is this. Some people have a hard heart. And every time the word of God goes out, when it hits that heart, it bounces off. Can I be honest with you? On Sundays, when we come to this place in the week, and I open my Bible, and I begin to scatter this seed, I can see the words bouncing off foreheads in this place. I can't see it literally happen, but I see blank stares, and I see people thinking about their pot roast, and thinking about their favorite football team, and thinking about their algebra exam that they've got coming up next week, and you are totally disengaged. And do you know what is happening as that seed bounces off your heart? Satan immediately comes in and snatches away that which God intended to bring life into your heart. And so there is no life and there is no fruit in your heart because of the hardness of your heart. So the question must be asked, how does a heart get hard? When we think about this path here, how does a path get hard? Well, it happens when people step on it. It happens when people travel It happens when people use your dirt to get to the place they want to go. And maybe somewhere in your history, maybe somebody has stepped on you. Maybe somebody has used you to get to where they're going. And they've left you in the dust. And there are people here that are hardened And it's very hard for you to trust what anybody else would say to you. It's very hard for you to listen to somebody that would confront your life and say, I think something needs to change because you have a hard heart because somebody has used you or hurt you. Or there's another category of people here. The reason your heart is hard is because your heart has been trampled by sin and shame and guilt. And you know what's in your past has hardened you so much that for somebody to tell you there's a better future for you, it's very hard for you to believe that because your heart is hard. You need to pray, Lord, soften my heart. It's very hard for you to let anyone inside or very near to you. You know the thing about this path? The path was right next to good soil. And so here you are in church. You are so close to having the soil where the seed could penetrate your heart. And yet if it doesn't soften, it will never produce a result. And so it's very easy for you to become vulnerable to spiritual attack. And Satan right now is whispering in your ear and he's trying to distract you from the word of God. He's trying to diminish the word of God. He's trying to dilute the word of God in your mind right now. He's trying to get you to doubt the word of God or discredit the word of God. And at At best, he's trying to get you to disobey the word of God. That's what the work of Satan is right now, is to try to steal away that which God intended to bring life in the soil of your heart. That's why Jesus said in verse 9, he who has ears to hear, use them. Let the seed go through the ear gate and into 
your heart and let it produce the intended result God wanted it to produce. There's a surface response. Secondly, there is a shallow response to God's Word. Back up in verse 5, we're told that some of that seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up immediately, but it had no depth of soil. So when the sun rose, it was scorched since it had no root and it withered away. What does that mean? What does that mean? Go down to verse 16 and we're told the, the explanation. These are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. They have this big emotional response. Maybe they, maybe they cry because they're so happy. Somebody has shared good news. They can be set free. They don't have to live in sin and they don't have to live in shame. And they're so excited. Somebody loves me and I can be forgiven and I can have heaven as my home and I can have peace and purpose in my heart. And somebody responds immediately to that truth. I can remember when um, I was, I think, about eight years old. My family had just moved to a new town. We didn't really know anybody in town, and we didn't go to church. We weren't a Christian family, but somehow we found ourselves, I think on a Saturday night, in the big football stadium in town, and somebody had come in to do a big citywide evangelistic crusade. As a matter of fact, I remember who it was. It was James Robinson. You know James Robinson? And so I remember at the end of that time, my dad grabbed my hand, my mom grabbed my hand, and we started walking down to the, to the football field. And, and it seemed like everybody was coming out of the stands and everybody was responding to this big emotional appeal to the gospel. Now, I have no doubt that in that moment, the seed was scattered. And I have no doubt that it took root in many people. But can I tell you, looking back on that experience... It had zero impact on our family. The next day, we got up and lived life as if Saturday night never happened before. I didn't meet the Lord. I wasn't converted. My parents weren't converted. We weren't saved. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but it sure sounds like this verse. We immediately received it with joy. Amen. Yes and amen. I love the music. And, and maybe you went to youth camp and, man, finally leaving the... TV and the PlayStation and the cell phone, maybe some of that seed penetrated your heart and you had some big emotional appeal and maybe somebody said, you want to pray a prayer? And so you prayed what they prayed and you raised a hand and you walked an aisle and you signed a card and you got baptized and you joined a small group and then you went to the training and you began to lead that small group and then that was enough. Maybe you entered ministry. You can do all of that without the seed of the gospel taking root in you because there will be some when the seed is sown that will receive it with joy. But it's only a shallow emotional response. You say, Trent, why do you say that? Because of what Jesus said in verse 17. And they have no root in themselves. And where there is no root, there is no fruit. It says they endure for a while... But when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Do you know some people like this? Do you know some people that used to be seated next to you in church? That used to be in your small group? That used to respond with joy to the word? But now they are nowhere to be found? Their life has no visible evidence 
that the word of God has taken root, producing fruit in their lives? Is that you? That there was a shallow response at some point in your life, but you fell away and somehow now you're, you're kind of back. Do you need to examine whether or not you've only had a shallow response to the gospel even as you hear it this morning? How do you reconcile this? Now, a lot of people that really don't understand the depths of the Bible message would look at people like that and say, well, you know, they used to be a Christian, but they're not a Christian anymore. They used to have salvation, but they lost it somewhere along the way. And if you just kind of look at it on a surface level, that's kind of where our minds would go. But if you understand the totality of Scripture, you understand that that is an impossibility. It's not that they had salvation and lost it. It's that they never had it to begin with. Jesus said, the one who endures to the end will be saved. And 1 John chapter 2, verse 9 says this, They went out from us because they were not a part of us. If they had been of us, they would not have gone out from us. The totality of Scripture is this, that salvation is entirely a work of God. And what God does, He does permanently. We have to understand salvation is the changing of our legal status before God to be declared legally righteous, legally innocent of all sin. That is a verdict that God does not stand there and change back and forth in heaven based upon your performance. When the root takes hold, the fruit blooms and blossoms. But for some, it rises up quickly. Before it can produce fruit, the sun scorches it. He uses two words, tribulation and persecution. Tribulation is just the trials and the pressures of this life. You get sick. You lose your job. Life's hard. And you think, it is just not worth it to follow Jesus. Not only tribulation, but persecution. Persecution is when you realize you actually have to pay a price for being a, a Christian. It's not just the popular thing to do, but that you're ridiculed and you are called names because you identify with Jesus. And when you realize you have to pay a price, you say, I don't think I want to pay that price. It's not worth it. That's the way that some people respond with a shallow response. And if that's you this morning, you need to pray, Lord, penetrate my heart. If you're not seeing spiritual fruit in your life, it's likely that the seed of the gospel of Jesus hasn't penetrated and gone deep in the soil of your heart. Trent Griffith has been explaining the first two of four responses. A surface response, like a seed that falls on the hard path, and a shallow response where there is no root. Next week, Pastor Trent will conclude this message. I have a question for you. Are you positioning yourself to be able to receive the seed of the word regularly? The best way to hear from God is to grab a Bible every day and read it. Pray and ask Him to soften your heart so that you do have a good response and so that you do become like a fruitful field. But God never intended for you to be a Lone Ranger Christian. You also need others around you.
So part of receiving the seed of God's word includes regular attendance in a gospel-believing church. If that's true of you, praise God. Keep growing deeper in your congregation where God has planted you. And if you don't have a church home, would you think about coming to Harvest Bible Chapel for a visit? We meet every Sunday in both Granger, Indiana and St. Joseph, Michigan. There's more information about service times and locations at our website, harvestgranger.org. Or you can search for Harvest Bible Chapel Granger on Facebook, and there's a link there to our website. Well, next week, we'll hear the conclusion of Trent's message, Real Christians Are Planted Real Deep. Thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that the seed of God's Word will take root and resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.